Welcome to the Amazing Grace Podcast show with Tamala Coleman. We pray that you will be inspired, blessed, and encouraged by what you hear weekly as you tune into Amazing Grace on the Faith Broadcast. Now your host, Tamla Coleman. Should I stay? Should I stay? Should I? Thank you for tuning in to Amazing Grace right here with Tamala Coleman. I pray that you have had an awesome day today, for this is the day that the Lord has made. And we shall, I said we shall, rejoice and be glad in it. If you are tuning in to Amazing Grace tonight, Amazing Grace is about encouraging, about inspiring through testimonies and important topics. And most importantly, the love of God. And I pray tonight that this show will bless you, encourage you, and inspire you in the name of Jesus. Well, tonight, listeners, I tell you, I have an amazing man of God with me tonight as my special guest, and I'm super duper. I said super duper excited to have him on the show on Amazing Grace this evening, and I know that you're going to truly, truly be blessed. My guest for the evening is an ordained minister. He is also an author and served as an elder in the church. Also, he's participated in prison outreach and devotes himself to prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he desires to see lives change. And I tell you, that is what we're supposed to be doing as believers and as Christians. We're supposed to have the desire to see a change and transformation in the lives of others. So I'm so excited to have my guests with me on tonight. So without further ado, allow me to introduce my special guest for the evening, Mr. Gene Howe. How are you doing? And I hope I pronounced your last name right. <laughs> hey, you slipped a little bit, but that's okay. I'm doing well. <laughs> it's, awesome, it's, awesome. It's, um, my ancestors came here back in the 1850s, uh-huh. and it's you look it up online, you can see that they had a mass uh, movement of German mm-hmm. people come to the United States. They didn't go wow. just to one state, but they went to many different. But they <laughs> they always uh, mess up the name, the spelling of it, or the pronunciation. <laughs> but it's, it's all good. I'm still going to correct the person if they say it wrong. Well, well, let's go by your first initial, Jean. We'll go back. I like to go by first name. So, Jean, I am so yeah, excited fine. to have you on the show on this evening, and I know you're going to be truly a blessing to our listeners. So just kind of tell us a little bit as to who you are and a little bit about your testimony. Well, I'm Jean Howe, of course. Uh, I came from Baltimore, Maryland, born and raised. Mm-hmm. And um, I went through a lot of stuff in a little bit of time, but it took me a long time to get my deliverance, my breakthrough, mm-hmm. because we, we have to persevere and continue to pray 
for our deliverance, for our breakthrough, our victory. Jesus won that victory for us way back 2,000 years ago. And we have to learn to walk in it. And I talked about message about lessons learned. We have to learn from the lessons. God allows things to come to come in a situation to bring and to build more character in us. And okay. so as a young boy, I was molested. I was jumped by black gangs. My father was an alcoholic, and when he drank, he wasn't a good man. But when he didn't drink, he was a good man. But going through that stuff, I always told my mother that didn't affect me, but that was just denial talking because it did affect my whole life and as well as the the sexual abuse and, and being jumped by gangs. They all happened at the same time in the uh, mid-60s. I think I was about 10 years old uh, when I was violating, but I thank God for all my situations, all my trials, all my testimonies, because it made me a better person. It built character in us, in me. Mm -hmm. And so even though uh, when things happen to us and the enemy gets a crack, you don't know uh, how a person's going to respond to sexual abuse because every person that is abused it affects them differently. Some might be addicted to sex. Some might be addicted to uh, what do you call it? pornographic. Uh, uh, so some just I particularly was very quiet and I withdrew from everybody. So I was like in this little uh, world. And all I would do is watch TV and because I was wounded, I was hurt so bad that I just didn't know how to receive nobody. And, of course, you know, when that came in and that was taken away from me, the innocence, I always felt that somebody was going to take something from me. And so the rejection... uh was the toughest thing I had to fight. But God is a faithful God and a merciful God and a gracious God. And it's because of him that I'm here today. Uh, back in 74, 1974, I know uh, I'm a little bit older. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I totaled my car, hit three trees, no seatbelt on. And this happened, like, December 18th or 19th of 1974. Hit three trees, rolled over, and I was always a kidder uh, as a, a kid. And maybe that was my avenue of not feeling the pain that comes along with the abuse. And so... After I had the accident, I knew 
at that particular time, God had purpose for my life. And I had to learn uh, through trials and tribulations that God had a calling on my life and didn't get saved until 1992. And 93 called to preach. And I remember people saying, where do you preach at? And I laughed because I just got saved, you know, but I I just had God's glory all over me and people saw it. And so... Uh, I just had to uh, learn, and everybody has to grow in their salvation. Uh, mm-hmm. And so even though I was still wounded, healing, emotional healing is a process. It doesn't happen overnight, and each person reacts differently uh, to the emotional healing. It takes time and counseling and prayer and fasting. And so uh, I just had to walk through that process. But God made me victorious, and I thank God for his grace. And it's only because of his grace I'm here. I I should have died in that accident, but I didn't because God had a plan and a purpose. Yes, yes. And I tell you, Jean, it has been, oh, my goodness, I'm listening to you, and thank you so much for your transparency because a lot of people like yourself um, feel like, you know, well, you may have felt embarrassed, but once you realize what God was really doing in your life, then it makes you feel like, God, if you're bringing this on me, then you must have something greater in store for me. And God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. And sometimes we don't see it when we're going through our dysfunctions, when we are going through our trials and our tribulations. Sometimes we can't see it because we're in a dark place. But once we pray and get on our knees and we begin to focus on God and seek him, that's when the doors would become to be open and the lights would be, would be turned on. And then God would start to, to reveal things in our lives. And I am a, a stern believer that God has a plan and purpose for our lives. Um, you know, he's, he's not... Uh, has a respect as, as a respective person. There's no respective right. person with God because He cares for all of us. Right. Um, so once we mm-hmm. cast our cares upon Him, knowing that He cares for for us, that it will be easier to let God take over. Because sometimes we have to tr- we try to deal with things ourselves, um, and we try to go in our little closet and and hide. But what we're doing is really just covering up. We're masking up what's really on the inside. But God, I tell you, he's a deliverer. And I thank God for delivering you when he did. And thank God that you're now sharing the word and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the testimony that you have. He gave it to you because I always say on this show that we 
go through our test as a testimony. You don't have a testimony unless you've been tested. Hallelujah. You don't have a Amen. testimony unless you have been tested. So we thank God for you tonight, and thank you again for your transparency. So you are also the author of God Loves Messed Up People. And I tell you, Amen. when I read that title, I was like, oh, my goodness, that is so true. Because we all were messed up. At one point of time in Amen. our lives, we were messed up people and some of us even when we came to Christ we were still messed up people but I tell you God loves us in spite of ourselves amen so we thank him amen. for your for your vision so just tell us even through your testimony tell us a little bit about the book a little bit just a just a snippet because we want people to purchase purchase your book but just tell us a little bit about the vision uh, behind um, God loves messed up people well we have to understand that God loves us. And yes. when you're wounded as I was, you don't feel loved. Uh, I had no self-esteem. I had lack, I lacked confidence in myself and God. And because my family was messed up and my father was drinking, he was alcoholic, and I, I seen him drink uh, rubbing alcohol, anything that had alcohol in it, he drank it. Because My he God. was so sick. He, he was so sick. And then when he went uh, and got drunk, I remember one time he slammed two pennies on the table because my mother asked him where she checked. And, uh, and he, just, he just snapped and broke up furniture, and I, I'm a little kid this time. My father was six foot seven, so we were scared, intimidated by him anyway because of his size, because I was just a little young kid at the time. And, you know, the verbal abuse uh, was always in the house. But uh, I want to say that 85% of, America is dysfunctional in their homes, in their families. Now, that's a very high percentage, but God's here to bring healing and deliverance yeah. Yeah. and to mend the family back together. And that's the vision God has given me about bringing families, communities, and nations together. God wants yeah. to heal us all. But we have to learn to surrender to him. Yes. And I always pray, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. And I sincerely mean that when I pray that. Because everybody can't pray that prayer sincerely. You know, we, we want everything to be hunky-dory, you know, yes. but it can't be. We have to go through trials for God to work on us, to make us a better person. Because there's people out there right now that need our help, that need our prayers, that need to, for you to show them how to go, what steps to take. Because yeah. you can't do it all alone. I want to say that God loves you and God is there for you. All you have to do is learn to trust him and obey and he will yes. fix it for you today. Mark my word. 
God will fix it for you today, but you must surrender. Must surrender to God and allow God to bring healing in your lives. Yes, yes, and praise God. And that is so, such a true statement um, because sometimes we feel like, you know, we're alone and, you know, God, you know, what happened to me? What is going on with me? Why does this happen to me, God? And, you know, we start to get into that that place where we are um, condemning ourselves. Um, but, you know, we have to get to the place of surrendering our all to God, knowing that he cares mm-hmm. for us. And even in your suffering and your um, devastation of, of living with an abusive alcoholic father, um, also being a victim of sexual abuse, and then raised in the prevalent 60s, of course, um, what would you say, how, how can people not be embarrassed or ashamed to talk about their issues so that they can move to the healing process? Well, one thing is you have to learn to trust again. And you need to confide into somebody uh, that you can trust. And sometimes it's not family members. Sometimes it could be a friend or a counselor. Uh, When I was going through uh, my situation, nobody recognized. I was very depressed. I was a depressed child. And my mother always knew something was wrong, but she could never put her finger on it. And I just, you know, I've never shared the testimony with anybody other than my radio interviews and my book. So the book was to me first, because it's always to the minister first, and then to the people. And... uh, it brought healing to me. And uh, the last words the Lord spoke to me, he told me, your struggle is now over. Because I, I've struggled for a long time. And just, you know, I, I, I got three failed marriages, but I just believe that God allowed me to be loved at that time because I didn't feel loved at all. And I was in search for unconditional love and a woman because my mother had that with my father, even though he kept doing the same thing over and over. We moved about every 10 months. And as a kid, you don't understand it. You got to make new friends. You got to start over again. And that's why I was able to adjust to the military easily because I moved so much. So moving 1,500 miles away wasn't a problem for me. I adjusted quickly. But um, I just uh, know that God was, I've always known that God was with me since my accident. And I just didn't know how to get to God. And what I would like to say is your salvation is important. You know, that you got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and confess it with your mouth and that shall be saved, the Bible says. And so you have to have something to hold on to in the midst of your struggle. And the only thing I found was God's word 
and, and what Jesus died and what he went through for me. He went through all that rejection for me. And the rejection I went through was nothing compared to what the Lord Jesus Christ went through. Amen. Yeah. So those thoughts would come on me and say, oh, I can do this. I can do this because God's with me. If Jesus went through it, I can do the same thing because there's not, no comparison what he went through for us. Yes, Lord, and that's also true. Nothing can compare to God's love for us and what he went through for us, and that lets us know because he knows all about it. He knows everything that we're going through. Even before it happened, he knows. And I'm just so grateful to you, Jean. I'm so grateful for your testimony um, tonight because just listen to you and about your father. And most of the time, if you, most children um, grow up in homes where there's a sense of, of alcoholism, they too also, most of the time, end up being um, alcoholics. And sometimes that's true and sometimes that's false. But in your case, um, you did overcome a lot of dysfunction, and then after being saved and delivered and called to the ministry, uh, what did you know? What type of influence did the church have on your healing process? I'm sure you shared your testimony with the, with the body of Christ in the church. What was that step? What were the steps, and what was the influence of the church in your life? I honestly, I've never shared my testimony until I wrote the book. This, wow. this is the first time that I'm talking about it. Wow. Um, and a lot of it has been in denial uh, mm-hmm. that, and that's pride talking, you know. Right. Uh, pride will, what will pride do? It will be, uh, it, it's going to come down before the fall. Yes. You know, yes. and uh, we got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We have to. And, and we don't have a choice. You know, I'm nothing without God. But I can tell you, the moment I got saved, I took a bottle of pills right before I got saved. And uh, I was so depressed. I mean, I was broken. My wife at the time wanted to leave. And... It broke up my family, and my family was everything, because I didn't want the same thing to happen to us that happened to my family. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. I just, uh, it, it, it was a struggle to just let it go and to acknowledge that I got a problem. And what I thought love was, was not. And... I've been in search, I've been married three times, in search for a woman that loved me unconditionally, like my mother. And Mm -hmm. I have yet to find it. But uh, as I was spending time with the Lord, the Lord said, I'm right here. I've been here the whole time. That's the unconditional love that I've been in search for. And when you didn't have it, you want it or you desire it, so you have to find a way to get it. And yeah. as soon as I let that go, that's that's when my struggle was over. I turned everything over to the Lord. I got saved right after I took the bottle of pills. 
When anybody mm-hmm. going through depression, it is not worth giving up your life to whoever has wronged you or did you wrong. It's best to give your heart to the Lord and allow God to heal you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Let him heal your wounds. He's the only one that can. A woman cannot heal your wounds. Or if it's reversed in the situation, a man can't heal a woman's wounds. You have to go to God. God's the way, the truth, and the life. All we have to do is trust him. The Bible says, don't lean to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall correct thy path. Yes, but Lord. we have yes, to acknowledge God in all our ways. We have to learn to surrender. Was it hard to surrender? Yes, because in the natural sense, you can't see God. God's a spirit. And so yes. it's, it's, it's hard to identify from a person to, to God because in the natural sense, you can't see him. Well, it's easy to love God who you can't see, but we can't love people right next to us because yeah. they did something to us or they wounded us or they hurt us. And all we want to do is give them back. I was very bitter when I went through my first divorce, and it devastated me. And I was angry for two years before I could get filled with the Holy Ghost. And once I learned to let go, that's when God started to heal me. And, but it was a process. I knew what the Word said. I had to trust the Word. And I had to keep on praying, keep on persevering, and know that God's able. The Bible says there's nothing too hard for God. I don't care how bad it looks. God will deliver you. Amen. Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. And you just said a word. You just you're preaching. You're preaching today, Gene. I tell you, I hear you. I hear you. And I tell you, there's a song that says, "Looking for love in all the wrong places." Um, sometimes right. a lot of people do that. We look for love in the wrong places instead of looking to the one that loves us first. That loved us first. Hallelujah. And we're trying to fill that void in our lives and that void in our hearts. And that doesn't work. So, you know, God is standing there waiting. He's like, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm standing here and I'm waiting for you. I've been here all along. You know, when everybody else, you know, just put you to the side and, and you're trying to fill the void of what you've gone through and what you've been, you know, what's been going on in your life. But God is saying, I'm right here when you're ready. I'm right here. And I love it when you said until you released that, the Holy Spirit, that's when God started releasing and things started changing in your life. And a lot of people don't understand that even forgiveness, if you hold on to unforgiveness, then the move of God, God can't move with an unforgiving heart. And you have to forgive. So as I, as I talk about forgiving, I'm not sure if your father is still alive or he's still living. Um, did you, no, he, did yeah. you, were you able to release that forgiveness before he passed? Was it, you know, what was your relationship with your father before he passed? Or did you have uh, a forgiving relationship with him? No, uh, I was never, I never uh, was able 
to ask for that. And when my father and my brother, the one that hurt me, uh, died, I went berserk, crying and bawling. And uh, I, I actually had dreams wanted to uh, replace that I, I replaced my brother in the coffin. And mm. at that time, you know, I, I'm a young boy. Uh, well, I'm still a young man. Uh, I think it was in '78. I believe, March of 12, 78, he died. And I just kept having the same dreams of replacing him. And, mm. but I didn't remember, I didn't remember that he hurt me. It was all blacked out. I didn't remember that until after I got saved. And wow. even though it only happened one time, that's all it takes, one time to take your engines away. And I'm going through life, you know, like somebody's going to take away when I was married. You know, I was, I felt rejected and and didn't know. I, I knew what my wife said, but I didn't believe it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the signs were there. Other people saw it. But I couldn't see. I was very withdrawn from people. I didn't talk like this to ever to anybody until after I got saved. And uh, I want to share this about God's love. Um, so I I had uh, bitterness towards black people, and I got saved in an all-black church. But how I got saved was I worked for Lieutenant Jones and Major Hutley in the Army. I was at East 7 at the time. And uh, they were black, and all they said was, will you come to church? And I told them on condition, if everybody wears their uniform, I would go. Because I lost probably about 40 pounds at that time, so I had no clothes. And so uh, I went to church. We all went in our fatigue uniform, and the whole office went. And... Uh, I didn't get saved, but I was trying to, you know, fit in, clap, you know, when they were singing, because I never experienced a black church in my life uh, <laughs> until that day. And so that was a Wednesday or a Tuesday. And then a couple of weeks after that, you know, God's been tugging on my heart for a very long time. And I remember one time my ex-wife, I asked her, what does this mean? And she told me the Bible's only meant for certain people to understand, which is a lie from the devil because the Bible's meant for all of us to understand if we want to spend time uh, yeah. with God. See, the Bible says in Revelation 3.20 that I stand at the door and knock. If oh, any yes. man hears my voice and opens yes. the door, I will come yes. up will with come him and be with me. With them. And, Yes, Lord. And that, that's the King James Version. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I, so two Sundays after that, I called Lieutenant Jones up because they I was already separated from my wife and helped her move into apartment. And, you know, she was in her own world, and I'm just going through my, my stuff. And uh, 
I'm going to guide this. was tugging on my heart. So I called her. I asked her if she would go to church with me, and she did. And I praise God for it. She's never, or not of many of us, has never said you need to be born again. See, all we have to do is invite somebody to church. The Holy Spirit yes. will do the rest. That's all right. we have to do is now. get them to church. And then yes. Come on we got to go and tell somebody. And I just want to reiterate in reference to abuse that you have to learn to let it go. You have to learn to, um, even though you were wounded, you have to learn to find God and trust God. You can't trust man. The Bible said don't trust no man. You know what I mean? And so... But it was a long process because Catholics, I was Catholic, so, well, I can't answer for everybody else, but I can answer for me. Uh, from my perception, they don't read the Bible like like I do now. You know, uh, I don't know everything in the Word, but I know enough to help people. And so uh, I had to learn to surrender, I had to learn to let go. And the basic thing I'm trying to say is is you have to stop being embarrassed or ashamed. It wasn't your fault. It was the person that uh, abused you. It's their fault. It's not your fault. But people that abused, they're ashamed. And they're ashamed to go to anybody because you know, usually people will say, well, that was your fault. You did this or you did that. Mm-hmm. And and I held it in for years, a very long time, until I had to learn to allow God to keep dealing with me until I admitted it. And it took me 65 years to, or 55 years to admit that I was abused and ashamed the whole time. And so I just thank God for uh, me writing the book because it brought complete healing to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. God and gave me a testimony. Mm-hmm. Yes, and your testimony. I tell you, I'm a testimony to that as well. You know, when you write it down, it really, really sometimes when you're writing your life story, I know I've done that as well, it's hard because you have to go back. You're, you're reminiscing on your past. You're actually reliving the things that you went through. And then uh, when I wrote my, my life story, I tell you, I was in tears on what I went through, but I was in the tears of joy because I thank God for deliverance and bringing me out. And I'm sure you felt the same way as you wrote your life story. I tell you, um, you are such a blessing. You are such a blessing, Mr. Howe. And I thank you so much for your testimony and for your great transparency and your testimony. Um, you pretty much have ministered, you pretty much encouraged and inspired our listeners this evening. So before we end the show, I do want you to share any social media um, that you may have that you may want to share with our listeners. Also, share with us where our listeners can purchase your book, God Loves Messed Up People, so that they can purchase your book and be blessed. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at uh, uh, Heil, H-E-I-L, Gino, G-E-N-O. You can find me uh, 
and Instagram as Gino, G-E-N-O-H-E-I-L. Also, my email address is wordoflife70 at yahoo.com. God, praise God. And then you can find me at G, G, it's so much information. Uh, (laughs) You can find me at Gene Howell, H-E-I-L ministries.com. As you move the cursor down, you'll see to click the book, one click, it takes you to Amazon, and you're able to order the book. And if you go further down, that's why we put everything on Gene Howell Ministries, so you can also uh, listen to, I, I know I have at least 30 podcasts in there that you can listen to, uh, and I normally do them on Thursdays uh, around awesome. 7 o'clock. Seven o'clock on Thursdays. Awesome! Praise the Lord. I am so and, oh, yes. so blessed. I I forgot. Uh, and then we have live prayer on Wednesdays at seven thirty. Awesome. Every Wednesday. Awesome. And praise God for your ministry. I pray that God will continue to bless you and bless your ministry and that you will continue to spread your the word of God and also share your testimony um, with others. So because we don't know who's going through what you have just talked about this evening and what you've poured out on tonight. We just I, I tell you, I'm so blessed. Um, by hearing your testimony, and I thank God for his grace, and thank God for his mercy, and we thank God for his deliverance and covering in his hands over your life. I tell you, God definitely had a plan for you, and this is not it. He has even greater for you in store. So I pray that you will continue to be blessed and go in peace and do what God has called you to do. I thank you, thank you, thank you once again for being my special guest on tonight. Well, listeners, I thank you so, so very much for tuning in to Amazing Grace with Tamala Coleman on tonight. I tell you, I have been so blessed. I know you have been touched by this testimony by this great man of God, Mr. Gene Howe, and I pray God will continue to bless each and every one of you. I pray God will give you peace in your heart. And one thing that our guest spoke about tonight is to continue to trust God. You must surrender to him and allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. So be blessed and have a good night. And as I always say on the show, don't just count your blessings, but be the blessing you want others to see. Until next time, everyone have a good night and God bless. I wonder if I'm good now. Should I stay? Should I go? I don't know. Giving my best. I don't feel like I'm good enough Should I stay? Should I go? I don't know don't know where to begin. I messed up so much. Do I even deserve your grace when I shown distrust? But yet I still believe you've shown me so much. From being hopeless to achieving whatever I touch. Another Jeremiah trying to represent you. But feel qualified. I gotta proceed you. Cause I can see your plan. And I'm trying to reach you. While I'm trying to seek you. And I'm trying to teach you. Yeah, I'm giving my best all around. Even through this music, which is not found. If it's not, I'll take it to another ground. Even if they want to clown, I do this for the crown. 
once again forgive me for all my sins only you are perfect dear from within should i stay and face the pain like you once did i should i go where there is no more suffering Good enough, or should I toughen up? Can I break the shackles to serve you soon enough? The distractions are coming, so I'm dodging and ducking, leaping out of my face, sitting down won't do nothing. The pressure's building me up, your letters filling me up, but still I won't move, cause my heart is still stuck. So I follow my cut, to ease confusion and strain, but still don't follow through. So I call in your name, man is getting insane, you're certifiable to change my status quo. Should I stay or should I go? Lord, just take my bones and also take my fire. Am I worthy to you? You won't like the Messiah? Should I stay and face the pain like you once did? Or should I go where there is no more suffering? Should I stay and face the pain like you once did? Or should I go where there is no more suffering? No more suffering. I'm still recovering. Should I stay? Should I stay?